Hi everyone, I'm Sean Maloney. Women in Nutraceuticals is a nonprofit group established in 2022 with a mission to empower women to unlock their personal and professional potential, ultimately looking to achieve economic and societal equity to change the global industry. Wynn recently conducted an industry leadership survey to get a global benchmark of where the industry is today in terms of gender equity. Results confirm that women are underrepresented in senior leadership and executive boards. To learn more about the results, I talked with Wynn President Heather Granado, a 30-year veteran of the natural products industry, currently serving as Vice President Partnerships and Sustainability in Food EMEA Division of Informa Markets. So here's my interview with Heather. So to start, uh, you have this this data from your benchmarking study now. What were your goals going into it? What did you hope to determine? And what was your process? Really, one of the big things when we started Women in Nutraceuticals was this idea that we were looking for more gender parity, gender equity within the nutraceutical industry. Sort of had this feeling, eh, it looks like there are a lot of uh, white men and maybe we Maybe my impression isn't correct. So that was the idea was to get a global benchmark of where is the industry now that would then allow us to track over time, where are we going? Uh, you can't really make change unless you know where you're starting from. So having this baseline data was really important for us. It was one of the first big projects that we, we knew we wanted to accomplish with WIN. Yeah. So the, the data includes companies from the US, Europe, and Asia. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, we had Next Data and Insights. We hired them to conduct the study. It was run through beginning of December 22 through January 23rd of 23. And we had uh, industry folks from around the world. So North America, Europe, and then sort of an aggregate of other countries that's sort of this rest of the world, uh, APAC and other countries. So about 355 total industry leaders completed the survey for us. Okay. Now I'm looking at your results. On mm -hmm. average, it looks like about 37% of senior leadership roles are held by women. Mm -hmm. And this varied based on company size. Smaller companies were at 48%, medium companies 36%, larger companies 34%, and board representation was lower at 22 to 25%. What's your assessment of, of these numbers? What stands out to you? And did anything surprise you? When we got the numbers back, um, they really were in line with what I expected. I had looked at other comparative industries, at general information from across the broader business world, primarily North America, but global as well. I was really hopeful we'd see that since we are a pretty innovative industry, we're constantly looking for the cutting edge, that we might see that there was more representation across senior leadership teams, that there was more interest at the board level. And instead, really, it confirmed a lot of what we had thought. I did uh, think that it was interesting that you had more smaller companies uh, that had greater representation and diversity, whether that's because you have a lot of founders who are from more diverse backgrounds, uh, more gender parity and how that's set up, uh, as well as maybe there's a desire to bring in younger folks and you may see more diverse thinking and gender representation in younger populations as well. Mm -hmm. um, so can you put this in context? You know, what, what, how does the nutraceuticals industry compare to others? Of course, uh, when we were looking at the 2022 Women in the Workplace report from McKinsey and Company, really looking at the senior leadership side of things. And if you're looking at the C-suite, corporate overall, 36%. 
uh, of women in the C-suite. When you put that into the food and beverage manufacturing sector or the pharmaceutical sector, it's 21 or 28% in the C-suite. So, okay, we're looking maybe a little bit better there. Uh, in the senior leadership, VP, SVP, again, 32% corporate overall, maybe around you know 30 some percent in CPG and the same, you know, 34 to 39% in pharma and food and beverage manufacturing. So when we're looking at those comparative stats, we're right in line with it. It's really interesting to say, oh, okay, if you think of us at the intersection of food and pharma, I guess that's pretty much where we're playing and our numbers are very similar to what we see in those industries. So there was a, a you noted a, a new, the survey showed that there was a lack of ethnic diversity as well in the C-suite, um, mm-hmm. 70% white, 60, 16% Asian Pacific Islander, 5% black and 4% Latin. Are smaller companies more ethnically diverse as well? Uh, now we don't have that from this survey. This was really more on the on the leadership, and I don't think we got into the the size mm-hmm. uh, as much from that particular statistic. I would say that we do tend to see that there is greater uh, ethnic diversity in smaller organizations, and this is a growth opportunity across the nutraceutical industry. Obviously, mm-hmm. when you think about the fact that by twenty forty five. Uh, white people will actually be non-majority in the United States and North America. This speaks to the need to really think about how do we represent those people throughout our industry in people who are doing product development, who are doing marketing, to think a little bit differently. Yeah, definitely. That's an important point, um, which I want to come back to. Um, But I want to sort of big picture first, why is diversity in the best interest of companies in the first place? You know, I've, I've seen business reports show that diverse companies are more successful in general, but why is that? When you think about it, it's this idea of bringing people with different skills, ideas, perspectives, and experiences together at the table. If it's people who think like me, who have my same background, I'm not really going to be challenged if I'm thinking about what should our marketing message be? What might be a new product that we could bring to market in joint health? Well, this has worked and this is what we know. If you have people who actually are willing to question that or coming at it with a different perspective, then everyone thinks differently and you're getting out of the box. And what that causes is this idea of maybe taking bolder decisions. You're willing to take more chances perhaps because you do have people who are challenging. Uh, In our past, and I think this uh, is something many people have heard of is this idea of red teaming. So when you're having a discussion around a particular idea or strategy, what you can do, and this was a US military tactic, the red team knows all about your strategy. So they're really in a great place to undermine every single thing you do. This idea can be put into play in our organizations as well. Who doesn't think like me? Who has a different perspective or a background? If I come from a particular socioeconomic background, having people who don't have that is going to make me think differently about what I'm developing, what I'm bringing to market. So um, that's one one aspect. Also employees, uh, the people that we are hiring are seeking companies that have greater diversity. And this has been shown in a number of different research studies 
Uh, the workforce is more engaged. Uh, they want to be engaged. And teams that have greater gender and ethnic diversity tend to be more collaborative and engaging work environments. What that means is you're not having the same level of turnover. You're bringing in people who are young and enthusiastic. They're growing with your organization. They're asking questions. And you're ultimately getting better business results. Yeah, makes sense. Um, now, how can companies improve? What steps or principles can companies adopt to put women in more, put more women in leadership positions? Well, there are a lot of different paths forward. Obviously, uh, one is this idea of uh, gender equity in hiring, and it's not necessarily that it's an either or. And I would emphasize that when we're talking about women in nutraceuticals. While we have this idea of empowering women to be personally and professionally successful, the intent is equity within the nutraceutical industry that helps us all achieve more. So I like to think it's not an either or, it's more for everyone. We're growing the size of the industry and our companies by making more opportunities. Um, one way that we're going to get more women into leadership positions is addressing this idea of the broken rung. So when we think about the fact that for every 100 men who are promoted from entry level to the first level of management, only 87 women are promoted into that first management step. If we don't address that first step of management, we're never going to have as many people as we need when we get to the senior management level. So that's the first step is helping to promote more women into that first level of management. And that's something that as we look at when, how can we help provide uh, the skills, the development, uh, the confidence building, the, the willingness to put yourself forward. Men are also often seen as putting themselves forward for management or new positions, even if they may not have all of the things that you're looking for on a checklist, women are more reluctant to do that. And that's some of those biases that we all bring in. We all have unconscious biases, even that hold our hold us back. Mm -hmm. So helping in hiring process to address that issue of unconscious bias and even taking out names or, or gender identities when doing hiring, that's been shown to actually increase the number of women who are hired for roles if you actually blind uh, the process. Interesting, yeah. So what kind of pro programming and tools does WIN offer to companies and members? So at this point, I, I have to add the caveat that we have been around for a year. So mm -hmm. we're developing a lot. We have done several webinars and uh, offering this information on building the trust factor within your organization, looking at the opportunity for gender diverse research, uh, as well as um, pulling together what will be launched around um, networking opportunities and a mentorship program that we hope to have later in the year. Certainly, we've been working with our sponsors and our partners and have great appreciation for what they've done with us and are looking forward to amplifying their message and even pulling out case studies. We had a lot of companies and respondents to our study who shared their experiences. This has worked really well in our company. This is an example. I do think that often we maybe we're like, yes, yes, we should do that. We should have more gender equity at our company. We should do these things but we don't know where to start. And so my hope is that we'll be able to offer examples of successful companies and initiatives that can inspire others to try things and see how we all collectively can move the needle. 
So now that you have this benchmark data, what's your plan to assess improvement? So we're currently setting what we would like to have as our KPIs and goals, and that will be something that comes out from our board to say, okay, in three years, we want to be at X. If we're at 30% now, what if we were at 35%? I have people who say, no, we should be at 50%. And it's like, okay, I would love to be at 50%, but let's let's have a realistic expectation. Um, so that will be part of how do we engage our sponsor companies? How do we engage the broader industry? How do we ask companies and people to be accountable for, here's my numbers, you know, this is what we're doing. Uh, it's not easy. And we did have companies who weren't interested in completing a survey because they're not where they want to be. And that's unfortunate. You know, none of us are where we want to be yet, but together we can get there. The intent will be to run this survey again, probably in two years. I'd, it could be three uh, to give enough time to see what the impact is that we're having as we have this opportunity within the industry. Uh, so that watch, watch for more to gauge the success of what we're doing. Okay, great. Now, in the U.S., at least more than 2 million women left the workforce when COVID hit. Um, from a, numbers that I was looking at, that seems to be back up to pre-pandemic levels. But what effect has that had on women, business, and industry? I think across a lot of industries, what you're seeing, we just talked about this idea of a broken rung, is we're going to have a gap in in management, in uh, women's business experience, understanding that when women stepped away, and most of it was women stepping away for childcare responsibilities or caring for family, um, they're missing this, it could be six months, it could be nine months, it could be a year where they didn't have workplace experience, but work was still happening, management was still promoting people. So you may have a missed opportunity there. That will be a gap in speaking with my colleague, Julia Vieb from uh, Finselberg, and she's in the science side, missing a year of doing academic research and losing a year of publishing opportunity, that's almost impossible to ever make up. So what can we do that will help the people who miss that year, particularly early in their careers, to, to close the gap so that they will be able to have the same opportunity for achievement to move into management to have the investment in their businesses that they lost when they took that 12 month step back. And we see that already in women who leave the workforce when they get married, when they have children coming back in, it can be challenging to find a position that's even similar to what they had at the level when they left. So are there ways that we in the nutraceutical industry can make that easier for them and uh, help our own workforce thrive? Now, at the same time, you kind of alluded to this before, women make up the majority of the consumer base in the natural products industry. How might gender parity in business improve relationships with customers? As I said, when you have this diversity of thought, of skills and experiences, you're going to think a little bit more creatively. As we have greater representation within our teams, then we're actually representing our consumer base. We may have ideas that none of us thought of uh, because we, you know, the people who are there aren't buying those products. But when you start tapping into within your own organization, not just the the marketing side, but product development or finance, you never know where ideas come from. But 
What I've found about the nutraceutical industry that I really love is it attracts people who are very passionate about the cause. They're passionate about health and nutrition. You don't tend to have a lot of people who are just sitting back and kicking off and not concerned about health. Uh, so we're all passionate about it. Let's let's bring in more people. Let's grow the pie so that we have lots of people, uh, men and women, who are representative shoppers who can bring different thinking to what we do for the industry. Mm -hmm. um, have you noticed an increase in product development for women's health? It seems in the past couple of years, I've seen new lines from you know bigger companies or smaller brands sort of coming out with women specific lines. Is that something you noticed too? Is there data to support that? I have seen that. I'm not sure about specific data, and that could be something that uh, some of our colleagues, whether at uh, Innova or Mintel or NBJ, might have more insight than I do. But walking around Expo West, and you and I have run into each other there, yes, I'm certainly seeing more products, and I'm not just seeing them in pink wrappers. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just seeing them, which is one of my big things, I'm not just seeing them tied to reproductive organs. I'm seeing products that are actually designed for women in stress. They're designed for women in sport. We're starting to think a little bit more holistically about women's health and that women are not just small men. So instead of having a product that is for heart health, maybe you would think about, you know, what are some of the differences in the ways that heart health impacts women and men differently. Certainly cognition, I think, is another big area of opportunity where product development is starting to explore how the ingredients themselves affect women and men differently. And that's the importance of having that gender balance and gender representation in the research that we do in the nutraceutical space. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I have a couple bonus questions. Bonus you've, round. <laughs> you've you've lived in London for a few years now. How does your lifestyle there compare to what it was before in the states? Well, um, from the nutraceutical side, uh, it's it's different supplements, and I've actually had to uh, work with my parents to get my uh, multivitamin that that I use. Um, I tend to stock up when I come to the states, but I do use products over here as well. Uh, it's different weather. And so I have more coats now than I did when I was living in Phoenix. Um, but also uh, because I moved here right before COVID shut things down, I took up running. So I've been running and that was not something I did when I was in the US and it's beautiful running along the Thames and I've done a couple of half marathons. I also was never really into sports and now I have my own football club that I that I cheer for and have my ticket and so, Go Fulham. We ended up at number 10 in the uh, Premier League this season. So absolutely nice. delighted. Nice. So uh, which women have had the biggest influence on you in your career? And I love this question. And it was it was kind of hard for me, though, because it's been a long time. And when I think about the people who have had an impact on me, um, and going back to the importance of allies and men empowering women, I would say that from the women I know, uh, Suzanne Shelton uh, in the PR side, one of my very first friends in the industry and remains just a powerhouse uh, and is involved with us with WIN. And Peggy Jackson, who was one of the founders of Supply Side and Peggy continues to inspire me with her resilience. 
but I can also look at someone like Sherry Wong from Ingredients Online, who has you know taken out this uh, new category and expanded. Uh, but also, as I said, when I think about allies, John Benninger has been a you know stalwart with me throughout my career. And uh, when John Seifert was at Virgo, uh, he definitely challenged me and not always in a comfortable way, but he really pushed and empowered me to do more and be more. And that's what I think any of us with anyone in our lives, that's our responsibility. Who can we champion? Who can we empower and help them become the best versions of themselves? So I, I could go on and on and on, but uh, maybe I'll tag uh, on the video with some other, some other top women. Nice. Thanks for sharing that. Um, okay, 30-second plug. What are the benefits of WIN membership and where can people go for more info? So you can visit womeninnutraceuticals.org. Uh, membership is only $100 a year. We are always looking for enthusiastic volunteers to get involved and help us you know, with this idea of getting more women in leadership, funding for women-led and owned business, and women in science and research in female populations. We've got always opportunities for sponsors as well, so feel free to reach out to me directly, even if you'd like to learn more, and that's president at womeninnutraceuticals.org. Excellent. Heather Renato, thanks so much. Thank you, Sean. Thank you.